I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old road. I'm Friesen, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. Daddy looking in his What's up, guys? Welcome we just hang to on. episode 110. Well, I can't I think call a time when the I Always Race Day podcast. We've done so many of these that as I, I just forget every time at the start of them. It's bad. Bad deal. The early ones probably worse than the others, but hope you guys are enjoying it. Episode 110, uh, presented by the Carl Auto Group. As always, I'm here with Josh Olmstead and Caleb Sluha. Uh, really packed episode today. Um, we got Mason Mitchell and Lou Seipel on from the Carl Chevrolet uh, Dirt Truck Racing Association. So, uh, kind of Iowa based uh, dirt truck series that um, you've probably seen them at Knoxville uh, if you've been down there uh, during their July weekend. Um, but uh, pretty cool, pretty cool little stuff that they do, um, and obviously supported by our guys at Carl Chevrolet and the Carl Auto Group. So we really appreciate them uh, being the presenting sponsors and everything like that. Caleb, what do you say we get in the show, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. We got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. It's the best time of year. Big Dallas Stars game tonight. I can't watch it on my phone because it's on regular TV, so I can't watch it on the ESPN Plus. I'm pretty sure they're up 1-0 last I saw. It is 2-2 two two at the end of the first. Ah, uh, yikes. I literally turned it on to turn my the Bulls game on. and The Blues are playing like they don't want Connor Bedard whatsoever. They have no reason to win this game. They need to just empty... Put, they should put their emergency goalie in and create a feel-good story. But Maybe Dallas just sucks. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> very good chance we get the first seed in the uh, Central Division. Maybe the second. It, no, no, one, no one's beating the Bruins or the Canes. That's just facts. Or the Canes. Yeah. Let, how about let them win a championship, and then we'll see. They're, they'll make it – they'll get close and then get walloped by the Bruins. it's the hockey playoffs. The thing about like, there's no telling what happens in the NHL playoffs. It's less predictable than March Madness. I promise you promise everybody. It's the best time of year though. We got hockey playoffs coming up all the racing season. I cannot talk today. Sheesh. All the racing series are starting to race every weekend. The weekend schedules are packed. The midday schedules are packed. Thanks to the High Limit Series. Thanks to Castrol Flow Racing Night in America and all the other series uh, that run weekday races. And we'll have it all covered for you right here at Always Race Day. Um, that said, Caleb, we're, we're starting things off with NASCAR tonight. Yes, that's the uh, pretty typical. Where do you want to start tonight? I, I'm leaving it up to you. Oh boy. Uh, well, we should start with the news from today that Chase Elliott is back. Yeah. Chase Elliott is back. I'm, I'm surprised. It seems pretty rushed. Um, and we kind of talked about, but there's like no Josh Berry's on standby or blah, blah, blah. Like it sounds like it's his intent to, to go racing. And it's been what a month and a half. So it's, you know, pretty quick. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's missed five races. He injured it that Friday. Uh, You know, is it, is it necessarily a broken tibia? Is it a, because it says fractured, right? So how bad is the break? Um, Definitely plays into that. I know a lot of people were like, it's supposed to be this amount of time, but it could be this. 
And that's like the range comes from how bad is the break? Did it snap in half? Is it still attached? You know, so I'm right. And I, he has it, no it, reason to come back early. They would not, they're not going to deny his waiver. They were not going to um, shame him for coming back later. The points penalty, the, the threshold of being in the top 30 was completely removed this year. Uh, it, he'll be fine he's going to make the playoffs he's going to win a race and it, yeah yeah just i my my like on the severity of it i mean he did have to have surgery so um stop it stop caleb's dog does not like his takes on chase we're being caleb's dog is not a chase elliott fan we're we're being super sensitive tonight um on everything but anywho you know he did have to have the surgery so you would have thought that you know it would have been a little bit more extensive but um yeah we're gonna see how he does this weekend yeah and i you know i I, i'm not a doctor so i don't i don't know about what injury how long it's supposed to take good to see him back uh josh barry got a second in the cup car he wasn't the flash in the pan that I thought he was going to be. He wasn't, uh, I, I guess he wasn't not outstanding. Like he didn't suck for sure, but uh, he didn't raise my eyebrows a ton. Um, I'm not sure if that is going to be a factor in him ever getting a cup ride uh, because I think whether he does or not kind of hinges on Dale Jr. starting a team. But uh, yeah, Chase Elliott back into the number nine on Sunday at Martinsville. So that should be a fun race. You sent a stat in our group chat uh, about Todd Gillen and what he's done the last four races. Yeah, and now you're going to say that, and I don't four, remember. Four top 15s and two top 10s? I think so. And he that is correct, yes. The Knoxville Raceway Truck Series winner from last year. Yeah, and they did. They did uh, throw a little homage to that when they were running um, the other night because I think people still remember it happens because NASCAR won't freaking race here <laughs> for real. But I'm, yeah, I'm I more think... pissed that Dallas is tied two to two with a trash organization like San San Luis. But good God, I didn't mean to say organization. I meant to say city. My bad. Well, I can't do that because we got Gateway and uh, the Gundakers place. Never mind. I just mean the Blues. I hate the Blues. You got me into that, Caleb, really? You didn't have to do that. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, but it's four top 15s in a row, right? And two top 10s? Do I got that right? Yes. But you got me all excited now because, like, everything about oh, that Knoxville race is I have Todd Gillen's signature on my ticket from that race. Yeah, dude, he was great. Um, he's the second best car on track besides the uh, number 22, black and yellow and red uh, paint scheme. I uh, won't say what penalty caused that race results to be uh, – it was detrimental to the race results. They manipulated the race. NASCAR did themselves. I uh, think so? Yeah, I, I think so. And call a restart zone on a damn dirt track, but okay. Uh yeah, we got a lot to talk about on this episode. Damon, the Todd Gillendale deal, uh, it fascinates me because I don't know why any team in this sport would put a driver in a car for 30 races and put another in the same full-time car that has a charter 
for six when the six races are not just flat out the road courses. That's the only reason I can see anyone putting a ringer in the car. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I have no <clears throat> idea what Front Row Motorsports is doing. What? Because we didn't talk about this a lot when it came out, but he got way screwed over. It's stupid. Front Row Motorsports, I don't understand it at all. Front Row Motorsports went away from Landon Castle to go to Michael McDowell years ago, which what a weird ass freaking move was that? And they they won up their weirdness this year uh, with this move. So I, you know, Zane Smith, really good racer. I'm not, nothing against Zane Smith. I, I don't know how you hire a guy for 30 races and say, yeah, these six random ones that we couldn't find funded for you. Uh, yeah, not just out the door. And uh, I... now he's running really well with a uh, very big glaring reason to leave as soon as possible. That's all I'm going to say. I'm kind of surprised they moved, they put Zane in that ride for the fact that he hasn't really proven himself even in Xfinity. <clears throat> then he's a truck series champion. Okay. Uh, but I I'm still like truck series with cleaner drivers and three more. I'm still teams. on that whole thought process of, I feel it should be trucks Xfinity cup, how it's always been in the past. And nowadays you don't really have that, but I, I still feel like it you, should be like that. I think you still have it. William Byron did it. That was how many, how long ago? Like four years. Yeah, like, he was probably like, the last one. It could be like John Hunter Emetic, where he goes truck, cup, Xfinity. Yeah, it's <laughs> back to truck, then Xfinity. Cole, uh, Cole Custer wasn't a truck guy, was he? No. And Sammy Smith didn't race trucks. Ty Gibbs no. skipped trucks. Here's the real reason. Oh, Ty Gibbs point. and trucks could have been really bad. The, the the real thing is you don't have time to do both anymore. Like it it's to the point now where like you get in there at, you know, 17, 18, you have a couple years in one of those series and then you better be ready for cup or you're not going to cup. That's, that's pretty much how it is anymore. Well, especially if you don't have funding with you and you know, it's, a, it's, it's a balance. Everything in that is a balance. But the biggest thing is, is when you have that opportunity, you have to raise eyebrows in one way or another, whether it's locking into wins or whether it's driving from 39th out of the last range of pit stops to finish second. And at, at least you had that cool drive to the front. And um, I, a lot of stuff is kind of just determined off little results from races. What, you know, like this Todd Gillen thing, you, texted that in the group chat i was i had no idea i had no clue he's had four straight top 15s but if you get to the season and there's like seven or eight stretches like that it's like oh his average finish was 10th he's really good but there's so many things that go on in these races that you can get lucky and whatever um well, I feel like we've, I mean, we've got that too. So you've got, uh, yeah, Ty it's, Gibbs. it's in every like form of racing. Like you could, yeah. I, like Ty Gibbs right now, he's on his fourth straight top 10. And I feel like that hasn't been really talked about at all either. They talked about it a lot last race. Did they? I must've just yeah. not like been paying attention. Well, so, it, so it wasn't as, it was like, 11th 9th 9th and 11th or something like that yeah so yeah he's i mean so they're not top 10s 
<clears throat> yeah, but he, so then he's right up in there. That's four and he, basically top tens. That's what we call basically. It. And yeah, he'd so then that last race he did get another because I think he got ninth. So um, there's top ten. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good way to put it. I don't like that. All right. Um, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to get someone mad. Uh, unfortunately, no one. Damon can't join us today uh, because I. And I don't know what Damon's thing on this is. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor with the NASCAR seventy-five thing, and I have a very big rant, not just about the NASCAR seventy-five list. Um. Well, so I mean, I think it's a very interesting thing. Like, I like what they're doing, but then, of course, you know, we're gonna speculate and disagree and stuff like that so um you know i've i've kind of just been watching as they've like announced this deal and they've been adding in um a couple drivers um like randy lajoy tony stewart and uh then they added casey kane to the list and that one that one kind of befuddles me a little bit the only one you didn't name was uh, Mike Stefanik. I think he's Mike Stefanik. Yes. Uh, so they've named four. Uh, they're naming 25 total to add to the first 50. Um, Tony Stewart was the one they announced on the broadcast. These past three have been announced uh, via press releases. Uh, or I suppose just tweets because I was looking for the press releases. And they might be in my email box, honestly. I was on the side looking at them. So. Uh, so these three, the Casey Kane one came out. He was the second one. People are like, I'm sure you're going to talk about why Why was Casey Kane announced second. The whole, all three of those guys are like far less decorated than Tony Stewart and far less known than Tony Stewart. Um, I would say there's a reason those are the ones being announced this week. Uh, and Casey Kane's was announced on his birthday. Uh, so that kind of, I think all that played into a lot of this and why those were the first four guys um that's not my rant but don't play into the order they were announced in you go now kid um i think i think stefanik i i like the stefanik deal because i feel like you're you're acknowledging somebody who truly was like in the overall nascar umbrella like he was an absolute great and so i i i'm fine with that one i think that one's justified like I, I don't want to like say that Casey Kane's not good, but I just I guess I I don't know. I mean, he was he has a freaking day named after him. And that's fantastic. Casey Kane Friday. Look it up. That's fantastic. I I could probably go buy my way into having my own day somehow. So uh, Casey Kane is tied for fiftieth on the all-time NASCAR wins list. He has one hundred and seventy-six top tens in his career. That is not me looking that up. That's off the top of my head. Uh, I think he's proven himself enough to be on that list. Now the guys that get left off, um, we will see. I, yeah. I mean that's a that's a good point, and I it's hard because it's like right now. Maybe, right, all I'm saying is right now without the the big like um, the big name missing. Right now without the big name missing, four guys out of twenty five into this, I have no problem with it. I can I can I can float with that. I should lead that into my rant though because I do a lot of these press releases when football season rolls around. Caleb, every position in college football 
has like one to three awards named after it. And you know what those awards companies do? I don't even know who's putting them together. They're, they come out of the woodwork. You know the people that like, they talk about those children in, in sweatshops making clothes overseas? Yeah. You know those people? They, they got to be sitting there like coming up with new ideas for awards by position that we could create watch lists for going into college football season. If you're a D1 offensive lineman, you're on an award watch list. Boom, there you go. Press release, good pub for your school. No negative about it, except I have to type out 37 of those per day for like three weeks in the midst of Knoxville national season. It is the most annoying, <clears throat> like most annoying thing that I do in my entire job. Uh, and here's my, here's where this is going. My opinion on lists, lists and listicles and awards lists and nomination lists and everything about them. The only reason awards were created and lists were created was to get people mad about the list itself. <laughs> Every single uh, list has been created with the sole purpose of let's get people arguing about something today that isn't politics. And that sounds good on the surface, but let me tell you about how gigantic of a waste of time it is because nothing formidably changes as to who's on this list or not. Monte Morris not being on the awards list in college going into whatever season that was where he was snubbed for all of them. The whole off season was just complaining that Monte Morris wasn't on these awards. He's going to try his best when he gets to the court. And he did. And he did really well. And he was the best damn point guard in the fucking big 12. Guess what? Didn't change that leaving him off those fucking lists. It, it means nothing. I mean, that's a good point. I, I, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the end of it. Like, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Everyone's going to get so worked up over this, and it doesn't, it, it could not matter less. I agree. Yeah. And that's, now, this, I, I will say this one's bigger, and I, I don't care if you care about who's on it, but if you're screaming into a 56 tweet Twitter thread, then I, I might be pretty annoyed. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing to get like that pressed over. Um, I mean, it's just like, it makes for good discussion and it, it's relevant. I mean, it gets a lot of talk and shares and uh, yeah, the, the conversation definitely is picked up by it. So um, it, it kind of generates its point. So I did not think uh, you could come up with the response to that. That made me feel like more like of a dick talking to you about it. <laughs> I don't, I, here's, I, like, you're not, I'm not offended because it's not like I am like coming into it so pressed that Casey Kane should, you know, is a, a crap driver. And, right. you know, I, you are, I mean, you are right. It just, it does generate discussion, but like often not. You just see like stuff like this and it's like, I look at the Caitlin Clark and Ohio Boston. They were arguing about the player of the year award for like a month, two months. It was the damn better half of the season. And you're like, you know, does it doesn't matter if Caitlin Clark won Player of the Year, and Alive Austin won, and South Carolina won the championship? Would like, would you still would you take that? As an, I mean, you still obviously you still got one, but like you ultimately want the championship, right? <clears throat> you'll still I mean, the only Player of the Year. That's not you know that's big for your program. That's that's great, but. 
the only place it could really come down to is like, okay, so does a, a team, a professional team look at it then and say like, oh, well, we want the person that's got that award under their belt. And so then they never do that anyways. Cause in the NBA, like I think, I don't know if Buddy Heald won the wooden award or what, but he was bonafide the best player in college basketball the year he went to the draft and he got picked seventh. That makes sense. And you what draft think- class was that? What's that? What draft class was that? Uh, was it 15? F- Ooh. Yeah, yeah, 15, 16. One of those two. Anywho. Did you have anything else on, on Kane not being in that? <clears throat> no, it's, I, I mean, like I said, I, I wasn't like super passionate about it. I just, it was one of those that I was kind of like, huh, all right, well. It makes me like, feel bad because I was very passionate about it. But you kind of <laughs> mellowed out your, you brought us to average, I suppose. It was it was just like one of those deals where I was like, huh, I probably went to pick Tim, but he might've been one of those like with Joey Logano that like you, you know, or asked your top five, you know. Logano's definitely going to be in it. But you wouldn't like think that, like you right off the top of your head. Oh my god, we had this whole conversation. I'm not gonna go back to it, but I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying like just off the cuff, you wouldn't. If you were like, is Joey Logano in your top five? You would be like, no. But then if you were like list the top five, then you'd be like, well, shit, Joey Logano is probably in there. Like, are you telling like list my top five from now? Oh my god, no, I'm just I'm I wanna I'm, get some people in I wanna get some podcast fans pissed off at my list. We've we've already given the list. We've already done this whole talk. Oh we oh yeah, you're right. Okay, I've That's, made an amendment to my list. I'm putting Steve Kenzer on there uh because he's been in a NASCAR, as has Jonathan Davenport. Okay. Shane Golovic's there too. Uh those three, Chase Elliott and Mike Lynette, are my five I would put on the list. <clears throat> I'm sorry, did you say Michael Annette? Yeah. He absolutely the NASCAR's seventy-five greatest drivers. It's not like it's Are you put you're putting Michael Annette on that list? Yeah. Are you gonna be disappointed when he's not? It's my list. <laughs> we'll throw Mason Mitchell in there as long as Arca counts. As it should. If the Wheel and Modified Tour counts, Arca sure as hell should. I'm putting Joey Coulter on that list. I'm not. I'm not falling for that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so we do have to. Uh, so Cody Ware uh, from Rick Ware Racing uh, was arrested uh, on allegations of strangling a female. Um, Cody did not race this weekend. Uh, it was said that his absence was on personal reasons uh and they had matt crafton fill in uh they changed the nameplate um to crafton's name which is big because teams don't usually do that also kind of weird to me they you know hit every nook and cranny of every car i'm not sure why more teams don't do that for the substitute drivers or if it has to it, it could be an unwritten rules thing anyway uh definitely not great allegations um obviously innocent until proven guilty. So we will wait and see uh, what happens uh, with all of that. And that's all the information we have so far. 
Yeah, I mean, you never like to see stuff like that. Uh, it doesn't look good for our sport and definitely not good for that family um, because that's two of their kids now that have been accused of such. Um, so it just... I don't think it... I don't think it looks bad on racing. I don't. I don't think if someone out there thinks like, "Oh yeah, ra- there's racers causing trouble again," um, I'd love to talk to that person because they have to have a fantastically dumb mind. Well, the, in my, the in only my honest wrong. opinion, I like. I just you know like some of that some of the stuff like that. That's like oh, one of your players did that. One of your guys did this. It's like. Yeah, like when he wasn't playing NASCAR for us, you know? I mean, it, it definitely is not a good PR thing, but... Um, I, I'm not saying, I'm not but saying. Unfortunately, not whatsoever. NASCAR is not near as bad as almost every other professional sport, so... And our, at least we've, we got we've, we've been on this train before. <laughs> <laughs> at least we got that going for us. So uh, who's going to replace him in, in the future? So, I actually just saw that they said Zane Smith is racing at Martinsville. I just found that out like five minutes ago while yeah. I was on Twitter. It will be Zane Smith in the car. Uh, he might as well run a full Cup Series schedule at this point. It'll He's be two races, hasn't I, he? No, it's just a flashback to the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would assume – I think there's one race, though – coming up in the next couple that Zane's already committed to being in the front row car. So maybe Todd, that'll be Todd. It'll be Todd. And then probably like JJ Todd's going to hop in the other team's car while the guy that's been driving that car is going to hop in his team's car, which precisely awesome awesome move front row, because I, I used to love cheering for him. And this has just proven to me that they're too weird for me. They've always been. I mean, like when they put Alfredo like in the car, like that's Todd Gillen top ten. I'm going to do the TV tweet in at Front Row Motorsports. There's no chance they understand it. I'm going to reference this episode. Oh boy. Um, speaking of TV, have you seen the uh, the the numbers from the most recent NASCAR Cup race? Yeah, three point five million. How much down? Uh, 13.9%, I believe. There's a lot of people reporting different numbers, but uh, three and a half of four flat is 12%, 12.5, right? It's the same. I mean, like that's math. I don't, I have no clue. Um, what three, three and a half, four percent is all the same at that point. Now hold on, because I'm looking up one stat. I want to make sure I don't get it right or don't get it wrong. But so three point five. What am I? What am I looking at? Um, yeah, three point five million dollars. Or I'm gonna have to cut some of this. Jeez, dude, like the Twitter search function is so bad right now yeah probably broke just like the rest of twitter 3.5 million viewers um for sunday's the race at bristol uh the masters got 12 million uh biggest golf tournament of the year obviously 
NASCAR was the number one or number two sport of the weekend in seven of the first eight points races. I would assume that one of those was the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Um, now, ratings are down uh, all season, um, but I do think the drop-off from Daytona to, uh, what are we in, seventh or eight, eight, eighth race of the season, I think the drop-off is less, is how it was raised. I don't know. All I know is... At, I think 3.5 is a good enough number. I think being on Easter Sunday is good as long as you have the national broadcast the more races you can get on the national broadcast, the better. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's a necessarily bad number. I think it's on pace with what they've been all season. So I don't, I just, know, if it, I, I don't know if it justifies bringing it back or bringing it back on Easter, but we'll certainly see. Yeah, definitely would be interesting to see. I, it's hard to tell. I mean, maybe they're happy with three and a half million and like then that's justification for them to keep doing it but maybe they are not happy with three and a half million so it's not just you know like it's it's hard to tell what's going on from their point and but i guess if they're making enough money doing it then go for it so in the nielsen rating that had a 1.88 with 3.45 million viewers Last year was a 2.19 with 4,007 million viewers. I said that really weirdly, but like, yeah, the 4,007,000. Right. So about half a million down. Gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, like, the TV ratings have been kind of in that range uh, down all year um i'm not exactly sure on the reasoning so last year like nascar was the only sport going up in ratings uh they were up from year on year or whatever you call it from the last year uh the first eight races for sure i think the first six weekends they were the most watched sporting event uh of the weekend um so it is weird that they're going down um there's some negatives i don't know if all of that contributes to TV ratings, I, I, you're probably sitting at home going like, yeah, like if the races suck, uh, it's obviously going to go down. But they haven't like, they haven't sucked on a <clears throat> basis or even consistent uh, basis. So it's puzzling. It's a little weird. Um, and we'll see. Uh, where they go the rest of the year. But, and it could, it could have just been like last year everybody you know tuned in to see this new car and now that's kind of worn off so we we're forgetting that chase elliott hasn't been in the car and that, that's gonna bump the ratings up have you seen that take i mean there's people that respond to like jeff gluck's poll and says chase elliott hasn't been in the car so i haven't watched and i it's got to be someone's burner that it's the dumbest damn thing I'd believe it. I would, I would, I would believe it that there's, you know, it's not going to be half a million, but there would probably be several thousand people out there that have not been watching because Chase Elliott has not been in the race. That's not like a several thousand. What's that like? 4,000. I mean, you're, you're I just probably think the ratings that. are going to come back up because Chase Elliott's in the race. <clears throat> if he is, if that, that's what happens, then put Haley Deegan in a cup car, whatever. <laughs> can't believe you got me to say that there we go and then and then all the comments are 
going down like oh nascar went woke and now that now the ratings are down and then it's like you you waited two years of constantly up ratings to go oh they went woke and that mattered you know people people are stupid just, man just watch the sport just watch the sports just watch it that's all you gotta do i think we're good i think we're good oh that's what i was going into uh i think next week's ratings are gonna suck too probably because for some reason uh we have to do this whole song and dance because fox has the nascar broadcast on fox sports one and indycar has the indycar broadcast or nbc has the indycar broadcast <laughs> and they're on big nbc and i you know i i assume nascar is still going to beat indycar why the hell do we have to go head to head why why no anyone Come explain to me why IndyCar can go at two and NASCAR at four thirty. Yeah, I wish they switch it the other way. I don't care. Why? I feel like I feel like they should have Martinsville as a night race and have it Saturday night. Saturday night ratings have sucked forever. Okay. Why go to Why go to head with another series though? I'm just saying, like, that's why they don't have more of them. I, I can guarantee you on this one too, like it, in order for IndyCar to be on NBC, NBP, NBC probably said we have to have the race at such and such time. So of course that's good for IndyCar, but in a, in a perfect world, then you would have NASCAR go, hey, we'll work with you guys. We'll move our time, blah, 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 blah. But you, know, you know damn well NASCAR said, Fuck them. That's yeah, stupid. I, I I would I would guarantee that that's how that that went. Where NASCAR just well, NASCAR's win. best drivers is going to race in the biggest IndyCar event in the next two years. Maybe invest in it because if he wins, you get the ultimate bragging right. You could be the World of Outlaws series saying that. Oh, hey, one of our guys won the High Limit Series opener. Look at that, man. Look at that. And I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying those tours are doing that. They're not. Well, that's my what issue. You get to do. I don't understand why you want to invest in that and invest in your drivers racing elsewhere, so you can say, "We have the best drivers. Look, they're kicking ass here, 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 and over there." Well, here's the thing with IndyCar, though, is the way they're, since they're going to be on the West Coast, they're going to start at their normal time for them, technically, because they always start at 11 or 12. So, like, for them, they're not doing anything different than what they would do in the past. So it would be 12 o'clock start time for them, So, which is usually right up their alley. They usually start at 11 or 12. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Hockey players played hockey without helmets for 40 years. It was still stupid. <laughs> what kind of comparison is that? It's just what we normally do, man. Like, what, doing something because you normally do it is not a reason to keep doing it, unless it rocks. But the reason is that it rocks. It's convenient. Conven not to me. I get to watch two races at once now. Good thing I already no one else has two TV, TV setup. Get that TV on your couch again. You know, Chris took my backup computer because his wife's computer broke, and he gave me the backup computer. So now I'm down to one computer, and I don't know what to do. I might HDMI my phone to my TV. There you go. 
Then I how are you gonna do updates though? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to go on my i my iPod. My iPod. <laughs> okay, we're good. The stars are up four to two. I saw four and I saw two. I didn't know who was leading. <clears throat> awesome. Good well, stuff. I need one more three pointer out of Zach Levine. Probably you need to stop betting on every damn game that goes on. Hey, how about the Lakers winning the season opener last night? No game matters in the NBA until the playoffs start. No, one, no players. <laughs> is, is that what you're calling it, the season opener? Yeah, I called it the season opener last night. We beat. The, I uh, saw that. The uh, what's what's Minnesota's franchise called? <laughs> the Timberwolves. Yeah, those guys. Sorry. Oh my god. I just, I they've been so relevant for years, and you know, I'm a Dallas Stars fan. We used to be in Minnesota, but I stopped really caring about that <clears throat> teams. Still like the Vikings, but they they did their best Timberwolves impression in the playoffs. That's for sure. Uh, Love to see it. I'm glad I, we got like one T Wolves fan really pissed off. Right now. <laughs> I'm gonna get my boss listening to these because he's a T Wolves fan. I'm gonna yeah, be like, hey, by the way, we talked about the T Wolves, and tell him if he's a fan of the Wild trying to take the North Star jersey that he's an absolute bandwagon freak. Oh God. Don't see any T-Wolves fans wearing Lakers jerseys because they're smart. Can't say the same for Wild. Lakers fans are something else, though. Watching that game last night and the energy that they have. I have not cared about the team the entire season, and last night was the season opener. (laughs) It's 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 such a weird sport. They play 89 preseason games to gear up for (laughs) a big tournament. 89? Yeah, they have seven at the start, then the 82, and now they Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's talk about a sport that kicks ass though because indycar is at long beach this weekend uh on sunday obviously head to head with nascar at two o'clock whatever um josh who are your picks i haven't been able to look statistically at who's been i still have my stats paper hold on yeah, josh is gonna go get his dictionary encyclopedia you got them all colton hurt is good there Colton Herter, yes. Colton Herter's history. He currently holds the lap record from last year. He is a pole winner as well. Um, he led 100 and or 100. Oh my God. He led 28 laps in that race and he won in 21. So I think he is the favorite, in my opinion. Um, fall, I think followed up is going to be Rossi. Rossi won the pole in 18 19. He also won both of those races. Um, and yeah, in my opinion, he is with a team that seems to be 10 times better than Andretti. So, and the guy who won uh, 10 times, that's a little much three times. Uh, all right. That's, fu- that's fair for now. Uh, the guy who won last week, uh, Joseph Newgarden won there last year. Uh, so something to look for. I think Joseph Newgarden is the best I, driver in the series right now. He's powering. Right. He's, he's the hottest right now. Um, I will say that he did. I think that race kind of fell into his hands because Herder crashed out running P2 on lap 57 last year. You're right. Um, so I think yeah, he, he obviously had to be there for it to work out for him. So props to him for that. Um, he, Joseph was also the pole winner in 21 as well. Something else to look for uh, last year, Romain Grosjean was P2. Uh, P2. So 
Is this his um, IndyCar track? It's certainly better than Texas. My my fun stat don't, don't is laugh at that. It's just a, it's just a statement, man. You I'm know, not laughing. You don't have to laugh at Romain Grosjean. It's okay. I'm not, Mr. F1. Um, I'm gonna refer to him as Mr. F1. <laughs> um, I found something very interesting. Is there are only three multi-time winners at this track? I no, I I literally had it pulled up and I didn't notice that. And now now I'm sitting here like, I, I mean, unless you go back won. to unless you go back to the cart days and it's different. Rossi won back to back. Yeah, I guess Will Power winning in 2008 and 2012 technically counts. Yes. And then Mike Conley. <laughs> she, yeah, Mike. Mike <laughs> yeah, so when I, when I, back in the day, I cared about lists for a bit. There was a, a season and a half where I was a fan of Kevin Conway. Uh, and he, Heck did, yeah. he drove the extends boner pills, uh, number 35 car in the NASCAR cup series. And I was, I was like, Oh, rookie of the year. He must be good. Cause he won rookie of the year. It's a list, Caleb. It's a, it's a list and it's an award. Uh, he, Kevin Conway was one of the worst NASCAR drivers of all time. At least he, the only debate he could win is Kevin Conway versus Quinn Hove. He was my scheme to run an inside line, NASCAR inside line. So. Yeah, there you, I, I don't think Danica Patrick would lose in a debate to Kevin Conway. It would turn into a sponsored debate. Like, is Extends Boner Pills or GoDaddy.com cooler to say? Extends Boner Pills. It's not even close. It, that's not, that wasn't their branding. It was just Extends. But I didn't yeah. know that at the time. I was like nine years old. I watched, I listened to some radio show and they were talking about what's the weirdest sponsor in NASCAR ever. And someone said it was extends. It had, you no, know, it had to have been when the guy, the Xfinity dude ran the rainbow Jeff Gordon scheme with nut up. It was not oh. hyphen up. Was, was that Ellis? Was it? No, it wasn't Ryan Ellis. I, I thought it was, it was an alpha prime car. Yeah, look. F- I'm on it. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> the F1 team? <laughs> Alfa Romeo, and there's Alfa Tari, and there's now Alpine, and all those words are close to Alpha Prime. It also just seems like something an F1 team would brand themselves as. Caleb, do you know who it was? I, I, I if someone said his name, I'd know it. Yeah, I don't. But we're not going to talk about like how Kim Kardashian sponsored a car the one time. She what? Yeah, Kim Kardashian sponsored a car a while ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, let me look and see who it was. I don't remember. <clears throat> it was like somebody stupid too. It was like. Mike Wallace, like it was somebody really weird. Let me look at it. I'll, give, I'll let you run your drivers, and you'll Mike never get who drove the net up car. No, it was Mike Bliss. Mike Bliss. Um. Oh my god. So the one that I was thinking of was not the car, the Alpha Prime car. Um, the car that you were talking about, you're never. I'm, no, can you give me? Can you give me like a first? Give me the first letter of his first name and the last letter of his last name. L is the first letter of the last name. Oh, shit. Lupton. Yep. 
Oh shit! Leave me. You. Yeah, you. I don't know if I would have gotten it with T. I I thought I that know. that was who it was, but I I didn't know for sure. There's something else. What did Kim Card? No. What did she do? What? Her Sephora like store or whatever. Oh, that. It, but yeah, Mike Bliss drove an all pink car. It sounded better than the money team racing. That's not just Kim Kardashian on a car, like in a bikini, going, I'm Kim Kardashian, follow me. I mean, her face was definitely on the car. Was it? Okay. I didn't know this. I had no idea. Yes. You have to look it up because it's, it's kind of funny. Look it up and send a picture in the group chat and we'll tweet it. Okay. Caleb, you brought this up. I don't know if it even exists. You could be screwing <clears throat> with me right Because now. you, we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about how cars really stupid and can't recall common NASCAR history with no we were categories. Where are you come back, old man, from your fucking rant? We were talking <laughs> about weird NASCAR sponsorships. No, that's completely fair. Zach Levine hit his three. Oh, that's why Josh yelled. Yeah. All right, Josh. Uh, Give me more IndyCar at Long Beach. Who's, who's like poking their head in the door? You know, Pato Award, Pato Award got fifth there last year. When are we going to start talking about him as the favorite? All right. <laughs> he was so he, he finished fifth last year, and in twenty one, he was he started ninth, was up to sixth, and then got rear-ended on lap two by Ed Jones and it knocked the gearbox out of the car. So I'm still mad about that. <laughs> I will never forgive Ed Jones for that. Oh, get over it. It was for the championship. It was literally the championship race. You'll be all right. I <clears throat> uh, Cause it was like, I want to say Pato had a really good shot to win, and he got taken out pretty damn early. Connor. Lap two. Did you, oh, you, you, were, you were gone during that, weren't you? No, I heard the whole thing. I was going to say, my whole rant session of he, got, he was the only car to pass cars on the first lap at Long Beach in 21 and then got ass-packed by Ed Jones. I don't think I believe you that he was the only one to advance his position. In a he was. In a he absolutely. No, I'm going to go back. No, and... they they single filed it. They single filed started. That's not IndyCar. What the who who decided that? I don't know, but I went back and watched the replay. That's how I got these notes. <laughs> we're, we're rocket ships in a bullring arena. We're not. What what is this? Ugh. Rocket ships in a bullring. My God, you're right. Well, I, I definitely combined two different sayings there. Joseph Newgarden originated the rocket ship part of that, uh, and I forget what he called it. But that's how I kind of liked it, though. It's how he described the Iowa Speedway. It was something along those lines. I probably have the quote written down somewhere. Uh, I'll let you know if I ever find it. Um, I, I don't know. I might just pick Joseph Newgarden again. It's hard not to because even if he's not like the fastest guy, he's like the second or third fastest guy. And then you just have 
to have like one person have an issue and then he's there. Like he's either the guy or close to being the guy every race. Like you just can't go wrong picking him. It just it just it, it's stupid to bet against him. Yeah, and he oh, so funny story for you. Um so they did do double file start, oh, but God, literally only know. the top only the top three were double file. <laughs> That's always that's always what happens here. Is it's such a bad like restart yeah. and stuff. That you just can't because cars are wrapping around that slow turn while other cars are taking the green, so they just gap them. Taking them to gap will be. It's one of the few one of the few spots on the IndyCar schedule. Here, I'll just show you a picture of what the restart looked like. If you can even see don't it, that's the no, no, no. Take that off. Take that off. I don't want to get taken off YouTube. <laughs> it's a screenshot. <laughs> oh, you should have said that. It's a screenshot. It looked like it's from YouTube. I screenshotted it from YouTube. That was miles away. <laughs> but no, it was literally six cars, and that was it. <laughs> Everyone else was single file. I. Just weird to me. Move the restart zone, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Does I, don't know that, I mean, what Nashville did it. You know, people because, you know. Because they couldn't keep away from each other. Yeah, because, you know, cars decided to ramp over the back of each other. Um, also, another note that I had was in 22, Erickson was running third while he crashed out. And Polo led 22 laps. Was that that wasn't pit strategy though, was it? No. Okay. Polo needs a win. His stock is falling. When when uh oh god. I made seventeen memes of this dude in a week last year. From Arrow McLaren. The team owner. Zach Brown? Yeah, yeah. Zach Brown. Zach Brown band. <laughs> when <laughs> And you're not winning and Zach Brown isn't offering 17 seats to oh sorry when Zach Brown isn't offering five seats to 35 drivers then it, it kind of looks like Alex Pillow's stock has fallen a little low <clears throat> it's going to be fascinating what this season brings because they haven't agreed to anything he's just here at Chip Ganassi Yeah, I mean he's he he definitely needs to knock off a couple wins here soon. For some, re for some reason, I brain farted there and was like, he's not racing for McLaren, is he? And I'm like, no. But yeah, Zach no. Brown. Zach Brown promised 17 freaking drivers like six seats last year. Uh, I'm I'm shocked it didn't work out. <laughs> Especially on the F1 side of things. I don't want to trash him too much because he's got Kyle Larson's Indy 500 entries. True. So I'll hand it to him. I mean, he's getting talented guys. And all the guys he offered, pretty much, for the most 90% of the guys that he offered were very talented. Um, and his cars are obviously fast. We'll just see if it, uh, see if everything comes to fruition. I mean, the hit rate's like 33%. You're like a mediocre college basketball three-point shooter with drivers that you announced as signed. But that's okay. You lose me when you start talking about other sports. 
it, it, look at the numbers, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I made an analogy off a stat based on racing. I'm go all right. All right. We'll do picks to win. Then we're going to talk dirt for a sec. Because uh, I've, I've got Newgarden. Um, I think I'm just a Joseph Newgarden fan at this point. That's, I, I hate, like, I mean, I am, but, like, I've tried to be unbiased, but it's literally, like, if someone had a gun to my head and they were, like, pick the guy who's going to win the race this weekend, like... Yeah, and every hypothetical in IndyCar is, would you push this guy off a cliff or this guy? Because all of them like each other, and I like all of them. Like, the yeah. closest thing I have to hating someone is Devlin DeFrancesco, and I don't hate him at all. <clears throat> Are you sure about that? I would love to talk to him about almost running me over with a moped because there's no <laughs> shot he remembers that. Did he at least say sorry? I never asked that. I think we I think we both said Ope. I don't know if he said Ope or not. That would be Midwest, and that would be like – I was going to say. I'd be a confirmed Devlin fan after that. I, he might have said something else. I don't know. What's Caleb's pick? Are you going with New Garden too? You know what? I'm. I'll, we'll give it to Ward. We'll, I'll take I'm Ward. Not going, I'm not going Pato. His fans always remind you that they're there. Hey, it's like golf fans being like the Daytona 500. We're dude. They're golfing at Pebble Beach today. I yeah. I don't know. I. I'm gonna see what happens i guess i'm, I'm sorry just... for coming out for golf fans i could not think of any others i, I was gonna trash hockey fans but i couldn't do that today We're, I, uh, trying to I, be really, different, I was just gonna say if you go in new garden i was definitely gonna be different um i'm gonna take rossi i was balancing between herda and rossi i think i'm gonna take rossi i have a gut feeling it'd be really cool if rossi got a win this weekend um or any time at all Really, I I especially like him now that he's with McLaren. But how many races we got until the Indy 500? Two. Yeah, we got Indy Road Course and one other one. Is so this... that mean three before then? Yeah, if you're counting Long Beach. Okay. It's Long Beach on Sunday. Oh, and then uh, Barber Motorsports Park at the end of April when we start the month. Yes. Correct. So that, that'll be cool. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna have to two TVs or something. Oh shit! Monster Jam is this weekend. I gotta go buy a third TV. <clears throat> no, I have to go to it. I've I have a 24 year streak of attending. Oh, that's right. Monster Jam Des Moines. My dad. What day is it? What day does it fall on? There's like Saturday. Saturday afternoon at like one Saturday night during Knoxville's weekly show. Uh, and then Sunday at like one o'clock again, they used to do 11 AMs and now they don't. I'm pretty, uh, I'm really pissed now. This sucks. <laughs> How are you going to manage? I don't know. You're bringing right. your, Bring your iPod and your iPhone, and you're gonna connect your data to your iPod, and no, then you're gonna no. watch. No, no. The joke I was making was the, of the crap technology from 2006, because uh, we've we've done this two podcasts in a row now. I don't know if you guys listened to my thing with Damon. I was hating on Apple. Why? I hate Apple. Do you have one? No. 
I have an Android, and Apple people get pissed at me because their text messages from me change colors. And we just lost half our viewers. That's apparently like a, a huge damn offensive deal to them. It's annoying. It is super and it's, annoying. It's because Apple. I'm, so, I'm sorry, designed, you have to send your group text messages. Designed, purposely designed their SMS system to do that, to single out the other company. <clears throat> Listen, we know we're the problem, but insane. We we know we're the problem, but we're still better than you. So that's all that matters. I, I get, yeah, sure, I guess pay more for your shit. That's fine. It's just a I will. I will, and I'll pay like, for a better product. It's like you went to I went to Abelardo's and paid nine bucks for three orders of nachos and seven quesadillas. And uh you went to the gourmet Mexican restaurant across the street owned by Steve Jobs and paid forty one ninety nine for a taco and a bush light. <laughs> I, I good it's cool. That's great. Yeah. Hate Apple. Stupid. Has been an all-time dumb topics. Dumb topics show. Make sure we add it to the bingo card. Yeah, you want to <laughs> you want to talk some dirt? Go for it. And I'm I'm relating it to you guys. I have to in some way incorporate you two because uh, <laughs> Damon's not here to lift the weight. There, I almost told you to watch the highlights, uh, but I forgot to. So. If you want to take five minutes and watch them, you can. Are we are we talking about Kyle Larson's deal? Yeah, the high limit sprint car series from. It's all Rico Ebers incident. Yeah, he got a uh, flat tire. Chase Randall went off pace, and I think Rico bumped him. Uh, so he was in the lead. Uh, really dominant run for him, and then he fell back uh, with the flat tire thing. He had to go to the work area, uh, and then. Same thing happened to Austin McCarl late in the race, but we'll we'll talk about a couple of those things. Caleb, do you want me to pause it while you watch that? You can watch it with sound. I I'd say just go for it. I mean, I I know a little bit here and there. Okay, I'll, um, I'll intro the topics and stuff. So uh, Rico was dominating. Uh, Tyler Courtney was dominant most of the night, um, but ultimately uh, Rico had the longest. Um, I guess run up front in his flat tire. Bad luck for him. Uh, we talked about Austin McCarr a little bit. Uh, the thing was the results of the race, uh, Carson Macedo went 22nd to second place, uh, P2, and Kyle Larson went from 18th to P5. Uh, why that's big? Both of them um, had some help because they used a choose cone. They have not used the choose cone in the world of outlaws, they don't use it in the all-star circuit of champions. Um, it has been somewhat not introduced at all in sprint car racing. We got a comment on our Facebook. Someone said they absolutely hate it. Three comments said, liked my comment that said, I loved it. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Cause I don't know if you, if you comment just one sentence with no reasoning, like, I don't know why the hell you hate it. I love it. I think it's great. You know, my only complaint is it's not a choose drone. Oh dear God, I I'm, I'm surprised to learn that they haven't been using that there. I I thought that was always the a... no no not even not late model racing doesn't do it either uh, for dirt. 
I think asphalt late model racing does. I think that's where it originated because Matt Weaver was the one who taught me about this uh, seven, eight years ago. And I think the whole rule should be named after him. Boy. I'm, no, I'm legitimate on that. Like, I, I sincerely think Matt Weaver should have that rule named after him. I, I guess I can't confirm or deny. Like, I have no he's, idea I, about he's that. the only guy that ever talked to me about it. I've never had anyone approach me about the choose Kong rule. I mean, I've just always grown up with it being at various tracks. So I, I guess I've, I don't know. I've always just thought it was, you guys don't know about it. Uh, they used it. They're using it in NASCAR now. So I would assume you've seen it in one way or another, but the drivers line up in a single file line. They can choose inside or outside. If the first three guys running in the field, choose the inside, the guy in fourth place, uh, can then choose the outside and line up on the front row. So you can use it to advance your position if you know what you're doing, if you if your strategist is worth a damn. Uh, in any faction of things, but they used it last night uh, and it was probably the first 410 race I've ever seen it used in. I like it. I, I don't have any gripes with it. I think it should be used. You leave it up to the drivers to determine their fate, uh, basically. And you know, you have guys taking risks based on who's around them, based on their driving style and, and what they think of themselves starting on the inside or outside. Like I, th I think there's just a lot of assets to it that kind of bring out characteristics and guys. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it gives it gives the, the ball in your court a little bit more than, um, you know, just if especially and, that, and that's my thing too is like i would have thought more on dirt racing because in in asphalt there's pretty much you know at most tracks there's there's one line that's the fastest so you know like so at hawkeye downs for example like the slow way around the track is going to be up top more, you know, unless you've got somebody in front of you that, you know, is slower. Whereas in dirt, you've got people that will be your bottom feeders. You've got people that will rip the top. So, you know, it gives you more of an option to, you know, you might say like, okay, I, I was going to start, you know, if you do it traditional, I, I would have started on the bottom, but like, I want to go up top and I want to get that momentum up there, you know, so it gives you that option. And, um, I, I don't know why people wouldn't like that. We got, yeah, we got to get you watching a dirt race because like at Knoxville, there's two lines, it's the bottom and the top, and you can get a middle line to come in when the track's really good. Uh, and a lot of tracks are kind of like that, but if you slide, you can slide from bottom to top commonly referred to on NASCAR broadcast as a slide job. Uh, you can slide that and like, there's different ways to approach a corner, different ways to pivot off the cushion. Sometimes you've seen at Houston's, uh, the cushion will fall off. Or sometimes when you got a little guy in the seat, like Ryan Timms, he can get a lot of load off that car, off that cushion, uh, because he doesn't have as much weight in that part of the car. Um, so it, it, there's just so many like levels to it that there's not two lines. It doesn't necessarily matter. Well, you know what but, I mean though. No, no, but that's, that's, that's the reasoning it hasn't been in sprint car racing. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it being there because at some tracks there, you know, there is a line you want to start. And it's a lot harder with less momentum to go around the top, but right. I think they get enough of a restart at the same time. 
going from the outside, especially if you're the jump car, if you're the, the lead car that signifies the research. So uh, I just thought it was interesting. I liked it. Um, yeah, and like I said, the, the Choose Drone, I'm in love with the Choose Drone. So, uh, so after Rico's flat, uh, Gio Selzy uh, assumed the lead uh, on the restart. He had came around. He, his car was a rocket ship off the restarts. He's very good, very strong. Uh, no one had anything for him. Uh, Austin McCarl had a, a little bit for him. Slid him a couple of times, uh, and he mentioned Austin, uh, and both these guys you've seen at Knoxville a ton. Uh, and he mentioned that they, they raced really clean uh, without touching each other for two or three laps, and it was fantastic racing for that position. Uh, and he, he kind of made an example out of it. He's like, you can race guys like that without touching them. You, like, that's just hard racing. There's nothing dirty about it. He knew it was coming. He knew what Austin was going to try to do. Uh, and that night Rico prevailed. Uh, the thing is Austin should have had a pretty good finishing position. Uh, and then the caution came out for a, a loose cone um, in turn four, uh, probably with Geo about maybe three-fifths of, uh, of the front stretch or three-fifths of the front stretch away from the finish line, so cut it in half. And, like, Gio was basically done with the race. The race should have been over, uh, and they called a debris caution on the final lap and had him do a two-lap shootout. And why I mention this uh, is because a lot of dirt fans are very quick to do the NASCAR has debris cautions, boring, wah, cry, cry. Uh, the flagman at Lakeside, that might have been the dumbest call I've ever seen. Not ever, but <laughs> I just want to say stupid call. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. It happens everywhere. I'm not like, a fan of the call. Let, let me let me bring it over because the whole thing is to say that there's there can be bad calls everywhere at bad times. That one did not determine the race winner, thankfully. Uh, it did determine how much money Austin McCarl took home by about eight grand at the very least. Uh, so that's a little bit of bull bullshit um, from the Iowa guys, but yeah, don't spare me the late race debris caution jokes, and also spare me the world of outlaws screws over drivers every week because whether that's Lakeside's guy or High Limits guy, you can absolutely say they screwed over Austin McCarl. <clears throat> that's what I'm trying to say here is stuff happens. Yep. You can be mad about that incident. You can be mad at that person. Don't give me the organizational bullshit. Don't give me the dirt racing versus NASCAR bullshit. What I was trying to, yeah, stuff happens. I wanted to mention that quote unquote, what they said, specifically their words, debris caution. We, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen things like that from local dirt tracks. I love how you're doing the air quotes now. It's like that episode of friends. Yes. But uh, we, we've seen it at local dirt tracks all the way up to F1. I mean, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> it, that, that no, shit no, say to, I'm going to need you to edit that one. <laughs> no, it, we see it all everywhere. All the way up to F1 as if F1 has like one lousy debris caution a season. Yes. They get them, they get them under caution, Caleb. There's like <laughs> three, four races a year where they're wrecking at 40 miles per hour. <laughs> But it's in kilometers, so they're going 100. Oh, 
boy. No, but my 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 point stands. It's it happens all over the world. Oh man, this this has been great. Geo uh, Geo ends up getting the best win uh, of his career. I should say richest uh, fifty thousand dollars. Uh, to him, he was psyched about it. He asked where the nearest casino was so he could go spend it right after the race. Um, he's a World of Outlaws regular winning the first high limit race. I thought it was interesting um, in the grand scheme of things. Does it matter a lot right now? Absolutely not. Could it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At some point it can. Um, but it, there's really like there's no telling if that's going to matter down the road, if it matters now. I just thought it was interesting an Outlaws guy won it. And I'm not doing the series thing. We got a ton of friends in the High Limit series that I love. And if you don't like Kyle Larson or Brad Sweet, I don't know. I don't know why you would, wouldn't like either of those guys, but they're... I, I already liked him to begin with, but now that he made the comment about going to the nearest casino, I like him even more. <laughs> he wanted to spend it. Like, I legitimately think if there was one, there might be one close to Lakeside. I can't remember when I went there, but track was in great condition. Um, all that. I mean, it's in, it's in Kansas. So probably. Yeah. Um, the only other thing was we had a scare in qualifying, uh, with Jake Newman. Um, I want to give the latest update as the time we're recording this, uh, to Jake before I get into what I wanted to talk about, about it. Um, so the, his family says, quick but very encouraging update on Jake. Uh, PT came in and got him up. Got him up, and he walked for a little while. He sat up for a while and is back in bed now. We've been told he has a misplaced rib as well, uh, but it doesn't appear to be a major concern. Thank you all so much for your kind words, prayers, and support, uh, end quote. Um, so yeah, scary incident with Jake Newman. Uh, his car broke, sent him in the fence, uh, whipped the back end of his car into the dirt, halted qualifying uh, for about 40 minutes. Uh, and obviously just days after uh, Justin Owen passed away on Saturday with USAC, uh, and you, you hate seeing scary incidents like this. Um, you absolutely hate it, but Jake was responsive the whole time, able to move his extremities um the whole time uh and talking with track crew as they helped them with that uh i know they had called a helicopter uh but they had called the helicopter off and were able to ambulance him uh to the nearest hospital i believe um so obviously it's great to, great to see that jake's okay uh, and that's the best news in any case um what i want to talk about is how the racing community and how the sports community responds to times like this when something happens that we weren't expecting haven't seen before um in a negative light of your questioning whether the athlete you're watching and taking up your night to watch uh, is okay because you want him to be okay i i am fucking sick and tired of commenters hammering broadcasts when guys wreck when DeMar like when DeMar Hamlin went down on the field in the NFL early in the season every comment was critiquing the broadcast well they can't let them sit there and talk well why aren't they saying more things 
When's the next update gonna come? Dude, no one fucking knows. Holy cow. It is insane. Like how bad people are with this. Yeah, so many people are just so so insensitive to what's going on. And it it's not like you can't train for something like that because oh, every they think you can. No, they think you can. They absolutely think you can. Can you train for it when it's a guy you know? When well, you're in the booth, like the, especially in racing, like when you're in the booth, if, if your best friend wrecked, are you going to go on the broadcast and just sit there and talk about the potential top threats for the poll and qualifying session B? It's yeah, it, it's. I, I can attest to the fact too that like when I worked at Hawkeye Downs, you know, first off, I I don't like seeing it no matter how much I know or don't know the driver. Right, right like, obviously. But, you know, working there and when a serious accident would happen, you know, it didn't matter whether I was like real good friends with them or, or not, you know, you, you care about those people. And, you know, when you watch something like that, it's it's just not a fun experience at all. So it's it's hard for them to watch that. And you, you can't you can't train for that. Every situation is different. Everything is, is such a fluid, you know, deal on that, that. There's no protocol for for how that goes down. No, and Shane Stewart is promoting the race um, along with Kyle and Brad. It's their first race as a series. Yeah, they ran they ran an exhibition race last year. They tried to run a second one. It got rained out. It's basically the first time this whole staff has been together working on something. They have enough problems. They have plenty. There is so many things that they want to do better. I can promise you that. They, Walkopedia, uh, Brian Walker, if you know him, he tweeted, okay night at Lakeside. No, Walker, as always, you hit it out of the park. So don't worry about it. It's a, it's a new damn series and we're critiquing how they broadcast a racer being hurt. I, I'm freaking tired of it, man. It is like, I was at the Chili Bowl for Torger, uh, Ashton Torgerson. I can't even think right now. Um, I was there for his accident. It's the worst damn thing. It is, bar, bar none, there is nothing worse than that. And it's it's like no one, no one wants that. So quit going after Flow Racing because you're a World of Outlaws fan or whatever. I don't even think, I'm making up hypotheticals. So don't, don't take any of the words seriously, but like stop going after these broadcasting companies because someone got hurt like that's at the end of the day that's what you're doing someone got hurt and you're like i'm going to be angry at flow racing for not saying anything they didn't have an update either and people are messaging his girlfriend like is he okay is he okay like yeah she's going to be getting 700 text messages i hope you know that uh so before you send that one maybe hold off a bit and just wait for the update from the flow broadcast because that's the first place you're going to get it. We'll put something out when we hear it. I'm not going to put something out that I get a text from a random number. I'm not going to put something out from someone I don't know, someone that's not affiliated with the family or at least with the series. It's right. It's so yeah, that whole thing ticked me off last night. And I'm glad Jake's okay. Jake's doing good. Sounds like the injuries were somewhat limited uh, to the concern of everyone. Obviously, a broadcast going silent for 30 minutes doesn't always seem like something good. 
but it's also it, it's just a sign that they don't they haven't had an update like yeah i mean the only thing that you could you know it'd be nice if they could say like hey we don't have an update because when you they did, kind they of did, they did a couple of times they did they yeah, they yeah, and then red flag for this, and it's just it, you. If you weren't sitting there for the thirty minutes with the broadcast on and the volume on, you weren't hearing that. So right, yeah, that's that's the only thing because you know completely not telling anybody anything at all. Then that leads it was, to it was yeah, and it was not a black screen. It said red flag. It was just the camera position next to the start finish line. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a uh, completely go dark type of a deal, and. I remember when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened with the Bills uh, and everyone was pissed that they had people on the screen talking. Right. So I just like the people that fire off takes when stuff like this happens uh, to like take a step back and realize that no one knows how to react to this because it's a rare event. Thankfully, these sports continue to get safer. And obviously that's on different levels for different things, but it, like, it, if it's an event that's that rare that you, you don't exactly know what to think, then don't expect everyone else to know how to think. Cause that's not, it is not a broadcaster or a journalist job uh, to know exactly what to do when an athlete gets hurt. Right. You can take a crisis management class and PR class, that's fine. There's about two days. I took one. There's about two days where they cover deaths. And all they say is, uh, wait for an update. You're not going to sit there and stall and power rank the drivers in the field. You're not going to sit there and stall and power rank the qualifying session B drivers that you think could surprise people or where the sun might set, depending on how quick this ambulance gets here. It would be really stupid to do any of those things. They're not going to do it. I think I've said more than enough of my piece. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's a very fair observation. I did want to preview the weekend schedule. Do it. I hate rants like that because I'm ranting to not you guys. Like I don't expect you guys to fire back and debate me. And it. Why? Yeah, and it's hard to because I. Don't, I mean, that's. Well, there's. No, yeah. There's. There's not like another side of that you can be on. Yeah, like I can't. I'm not gonna. No, I. I think they should give everybody's business and make assumptions. Yeah, no, like. So the rest, the rest of the weekend, um, Friday night, XR Super Series has big uh, spring thaw 100. I think they're giving out 100 grand to the winner of that for the late model race at Bulls Gap. It's two night show. Uh, that's on race XR Plus. Uh, the World of Outlaws are down at Peavley with the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series. Um, so that will be something to watch there's the nascar truck series at martinsville there is the two night show uh out in california for the narc king of the west series uh it's the dennis roth classic uh down at tulare that's going to be a big event i'm excited to see who wins that i think they've only raced one time this year uh and our guys dominic selzy and shane gullibick are both going to be in action uh obviously you're about to hear it. The Carl Chevrolet dirt truck season opener. Uh, they open the season at Marshalltown on Friday night, um, Saturday night, or I guess Saturday afternoon, uh, Supercross goes to Atlanta Motor Speedway in a race I'm very excited for uh, because it's dirt bikes on a NASCAR track. 
Caleb Chase Sexton, 25 points away. Still 25 out. Cooper Webb is seven out. Tomac leads it. You got this bingo thing is the worst thing to happen to this podcast because you guys just I don't even know I don't even know how Chase Sexton got on the bingo card, but I just led with his name because you guys brought it up. I we, and then I said I, Chase Sexton again, and you both well, you, no, react, you, like you stayed silent and you went to write it down on your bingo card. Because you unironically just think of, like, that's just who you think of. You've said his name more times than you think in previous because podcasts. Because the overwhelming storyline from the first seven weeks of the season was this guy's been leading in five of the races, but he's wrecked out of four. I just would like to point out that he is not on my bingo card, and that is unfortunate. Oh, He is on mine. Bad, random, bad randomizer today, Caleb. No, I'm, I got I'm, a bad randomizer because... I'm not gonna say why, but he's not even here. So like, <laughs> I am missing one, and I think Josh is as well. I'm missing one in three different spots. Oh jeez, you guys are gonna try to get me to say it now. Uh, no, but I'm excited for. Uh, That's again. No, the rule. The rule is. The rule is we can't force it. It needs awesome. to just happen. Awesome. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, the only other races. Uh, all those were two night shows that I mentioned. Uh, Knoxville. Uh, starts their season on Saturday night. We'll be down there. Uh, I'm very amped for it. You guys are about to hear the interview with uh, Lou and Mason. Uh, we might be down there next weekend or next week, next Wednesday at Stewart. Uh, but we'll talk about that later, um, later in other episodes. In uh, the NASCAR and IndyCar uh, doubleheader on Sunday, and I believe USAC uh, is raced on Sunday too with the Silver Crown season opener. So. We'll see how many uh, full-time guys they got with Silver Crown. Could be interesting. Uh, very pumped either way uh, for IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, I hope my two TV setup is – maybe I'll go to my parents and laptop TV. That might be the best option. But Oh, and Monster Jam. Okay. What about your 24 24- – yeah, I was going to say, what about your 24-year? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to call my dad after this to figure out which one we're going to. hopping ridiculous so much racing this weekend even in the state of iowa so much racing so did you, you guys mention have anything else series from... being on the schedule what's that did you say xfinity series i didn't i did not mention the xfinity series i thought it was because you said trucks and then you immediately jumped to oh the, yeah well the super, girls super group and i was like was huh? 2 p.m and that's yeah okay but yeah the xfinity series is at martinsville too sammy smith's racing in that uh also brett moffett Best of luck to both those guys. Do you guys got anything else? The Bulls no, won. Bulls won? Yeah. They won their season opener too. Look at that. Lakers. Look Bulls at that. Won. Now, that, now yeah. they got to go play the Heat to get into the playoffs. <laughs> it is funny in the NBA how, like, the plan is the plan, and, like, every other sport is like, no, it's the playoffs. Yeah. Like baseball's wild card, you're in. Mm-hmm. NFL's, you're in because only one team gets a bye. Speaking of baseball, did the Orioles win? That's a bad question. They lost. Crap. They lost to the Athletics, so it's, like it's that's April, even worse. It's April 12th, and the Cubs uh, got their asses kicked today, and they're still one game above 500. How about that? <laughs> How about that? No one thought that. I, I would say I would I would quote your 
tweet that you always say, but I have one in the room and I don't need it to go off. Alexa, play Go Cubs Go. <laughs> it's in my headset. You're not going to ah. hear it. <laughs> Why do you have it in your headset? That. That's like, that's like anti-religion to me to say are you gonna are you, did you just ask why i have sound going through my headset oh no i thought you were talking about your alexa being in there <laughs> you've, you've zoned off really cool <laughs> i was like why is your alexa in your headset all right well uh thank you guys for listening to this um we still have this interview coming up uh very good one you guys will like it uh lou sounds off um at the end on the sponsors uh and he mentions quick stars prize of milk and it made me laugh out loud i had to mute my microphone it was fantastic both these guys are great uh love both of them so it's the uh carl chevrolet dirt truck uh preview with myself lou seipel uh and former arca menard series champion mason mitchell hope you guys enjoy have a good weekend. Have a good race. We can go catch some racing in the state of Iowa this weekend. It is great weather. It's going to be awesome. Uh, go have yourselves a fine couple of days. Appreciate you guys. What's up, guys? We are now joined by two very special guests. It is Lou Seipel of the Carl Chevrolet Dirt Truck Racing Association and uh, former Arkham Menard Series champion Mason Mitchell. Uh, Western Moines, Iowa native. How are you guys doing today? It's going good. Doing good. Great. Yeah, just working the shop. What's what's better than that? Yes, yeah, so everyone knows uh, Carl Auto Group is our uh, presenting uh, partner. Uh, so we really, really love what they do and want to support uh, the things they like to support. And Lou, your series has uh, been at the forefront of that for a few years now. Can you tell us a little bit about just what the dirt trucks are? Yeah, yeah, a few years. Yeah, the uh, the Carl Chevrolet Dirt Truck Series. This is the 20th year of Dirt Truck Series competition uh, under the Carl banner, uh, which is really, really cool. We're really looking forward to it. We uh, are what uh, geometric frame-based uh, vehicles with 604 crate engines in them. Some of the best competition you're going to find anywhere in the state of Iowa, and uh, you're going to be talking about the races that you see. It's really cool. We have 17 races at eight different tracks. We're going to be at the Carl Auto Group Marshalltown Speedway, the Carl Chevrolet Stewart International Speedway, Boone Speedway, Shelby County Speedway in Harlan, Sports Park Raceway in Fort Dodge. We're going to also be at the Carl Chevrolet Buick GMC Webster City Hamilton County Speedway, Knoxville Raceway, and Crawford County Speedway in Denison. Those are all on the schedule, which is really cool. Really cool, and uh, we uh, kind of talked somebody into coming and joining us uh, full time in the series this year. We stuck Mason in the 10G truck last year for a couple of races, and as they say, we set the trouble hook and we snagged them. Yeah, Mason, what do you think of these uh, trucks? How uh, Lou told me they got you in a couple races last year, and you were instantly hooked, and then you went home and completely tore one apart all the way down to the chassis and and put it back together to make it hopefully uh the best truck on the circuit this year yeah i so the only dirt race i ever did besides like motocross stuff was just the arca stuff and we i enjoyed that for what i did there but never did legit dirt racing so when lou reached out you know we've known each other forever reached out last year to race a couple races i uh was super excited to do it and the first few laps i went out there i had a blast and then we were uh in contention for the win the last uh race of the year and then uh, we talked about uh, doing a full year together here this year, and I just wanted to uh, 
do it the best way we can do possible. And Luke provided us everything we can here to go out there and win a championship and races this year. So we uh, completely rebuilt the whole truck. It looks beautiful. Uh, a lot of hours, still a few more things to do to it, but I'm really excited, man. It's, it's a, a really nice piece. When did you have time to do motocross? Cause you were, you were just in a MMA fight like months ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's another feather to the cap, baby. <laughs> I, well, that's what I started out on when I was like six years old was motocross. And then I only did that for a few years. I and mean, we still, you know, go out and enjoy a ride once in a while, like the sand dudes and buddies, but uh, competitively, that's when I did it. And then uh, it was all car racing. So. Gotcha. Lou, what's it like to have Mason just with his, the ARCA championship is obviously like the top one, but on top of it, Mason has done so many things in his life and his career. Like what's it like to have a guy like that under your banner? No, it is really cool. I was glad that he took us up on the offer. Uh, we knew he was talented. Uh, we've seen that in the past. We've witnessed this firsthand. So we knew that he would uh, take to it, but we didn't think he'd take to it that quickly. Uh, it was amazing how he got the hang of it, but it's cool to know that somebody that is that focused. And, and he said that he took the truck that we provided him and he broke it down. We're not talking about taking the wheels and tires off and changing the brakes. He stripped down this Larson frame down to the bare frame. He sandblasted it and started from the ground up and rebuilt the whole thing. The thing looks phenomenal. And if it goes a half as fast as it looks, this guy's going to be in contention for the championship. And we're kind of used to championships. You can see the trophy right over here. There it is right there. Uh, we've uh, lucked out and done our job and we're able to snag a couple of championships in, in a row with Jeff Johnson in the extreme uh, number nine, the media comic extreme number nine. So we'll see whether or not Mason can take the 10 G extreme, extreme proceed USA Silverado to victory lane. Uh, we're trying to figure out when it's going to happen. We're going to figure out when he's going to win in his first race there are people taking bets right now we'll have to throw a bigger party this time than the chicagoland one yeah you know, we, <laughs> so uh we were talking about that the other day but uh hopefully we can go you know we go to every race to win so hopefully it's just friday night at marshalltown um but we're gonna enjoy all the wins as much as we can you know like when we had our the, the fight here a few months ago you know luke was at the event and he came over to the after party too. And it's so important to me for those special moments in my life to have as much family and friends there and to enjoy those moments and celebrate. So uh, even in these races, when we win, we're going to have a great time too. So um, we're really uh, looking forward to it. And then the time's crunching. We're going to be uh, ready to go for Marshall time. I was wondering about the fight a little bit. I want to know what kind of a, like explain to the casual fan, like how big of a fight it was and what guys, what friends did you bring in your entourage to make sure if there was a team fight at the end of it? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too worried about that, but, um, no, it was for Midwest cage championships, a local promotion here in uh, in Iowa, they're really well known. They've been around for a long time. It's changed ownership hands a few times, but uh, Rick Tosler out of Jefferson owns it with, uh, Johnny case, which is, uh, has been on UFC, uh, roster before he's a very well-known fighter um they do a great job with the events i was blown away that was my first time obviously ever being in a fight I've, I've been to a few shows but uh just the atmosphere was unreal i mean it was that valor ballroom the place was standing room only man fight crowds there's nothing like it i mean people are so into it i just love that like electricity and the feeling you get and just walking out i had i think 60 to 70 close friends and family there we all at tables and throughout the the crowd and you could definitely feel that when uh we walked out but then i mean nothing comes close to uh that that winning feeling you know it was for me it was like kind of basically like seven years prior to winning our last arca race that 
I had some type of like sensation and that vibe of that night that we won the fight <clears throat> and it was a special to me and it's even more special now. I'm, I mean, not to get too sentimental, but like my, my grandpa was in the crowd and he just passed away. So just, I was really glad I was able to enjoy those moments with a lot of family and friends and a lot of people that not necessarily see eye to eye all the time, but we were able to put everything aside for one night, come together. And I just, uh, it was important to me for everybody to just have a really good time. And that's what happens. Absolutely. And then I heard uh, your buddy Tyler might come down and run a couple of the dirt truck races. Yeah, we've been working hard, uh, working a little bit on trying to get him in something. He's only really available to the Wednesday night shows, which I think is cool as heck. To me. <laughs> like Wednesday night racing sounds so much fun to me. Um, we'll be down at the uh, Stuart one for sure. I wrote that <laughs> racing. Um, but yeah, I know he's going to be uh, able to come to a couple you know, whether he's helping out and watching or racing. So uh, he can't make the first one, I know, but I, I think the May 15th or somewhere in May, he's going to be at Stewart. So whether he's uh, crewing on the 10G or, or, or driving another truck, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we have a, a bunch of Wednesday night races. Uh, first of all, we have the first race of the year of the Carl Chevrolet Dirt Truck Series. We'll be at Marshalltown. That will be Friday. That will be the 14th of April. And then Wednesday, speaking of Wednesday, we'll be at Stewart next Wednesday. That'll be April the 19th and back at Stewart again on May the 10th. So that's a good start there. Boone on May the 13th. On the 20th, we're going to be at Harlan. Nostalgic Dirt Series up at Sports Park Raceway. That's going to be cool. Webster City on June the 3rd. Uh, the whole schedule is a couple of different places. You can go online, dirttruckseries.com or racehardgetdirty.com. That will take you to the same place, too. And you can get the whole schedule. Knoxville Raceway, by the way, will be July 15th. For those people that want to come down to Knoxville, we'll have a good time there, too. So it's a really full schedule. We have four new folks that are coming in, four rookies this year to the Dirt Truck Series. We have uh, Jared Myers, Brandon Cox, Brandon Tofty will run full-time with us this year. That's the guy that got you over at Harlan last year. And then, of course, Mason Mitchell uh, in the 10G. So we're, we're looking forward to that. We have some veterans that are coming back. Rick Clark, who's been with the series. Uh, Jeff Johnson, two-time champion. Del Enos, Sean Mitch, Sean Klinger, uh, Sean Cooney is going to be joining us at selected events. Terry May and Jeff Freebert is coming back into the series, too. So uh, we have a full slate of drivers and a lot of different personalities so this is going to be a whole lot of fun and another uh, new person a new company that has come on board too uh how about quick start uh they're helping to get the drivers to selected tracks that have quick start locations uh in those various cities that have racetracks that we're going to and they're going to help the drivers get there too so a lot of really positive energy going forward on the carl chevrolet dirt truck series when you put that schedule together what's uh what's the big big name event for your series what's the biggest race of those 17 to you i think uh, if you have to have like a daytona type race yeah. probably knoxville raceway because of the stage because it's knoxville and uh you can put that feather in your cap uh it's a, it's a pretty cool deal uh webster city is a historic iconic track marshalltown's iconic stewart international speedway that's an iconic they're all iconic but if you had to pick one in particular i think everybody's looking at knoxville just for the sake to say hey i won at the sprint car capital of the world and we had a chance to go out there the dirt trucks i have been had a chance to go out there and help when nascar was out there last year we set the track uh we did it the year before but we actually raced at knoxville before the uh, craftsman truck series last year so uh that kind of went everybody's appetite too for doing well when you go to knoxville then mason i got one more for you uh 
if this works out, if you end up taking home a championship this year in this series, uh, who are you taking your resume to to run at Bristol Dirt in the truck series? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, we'll see how things go. You know, just the, the dirt world is so unique and unorthodox compared to the pavement world in a good way. You know, pavement world is very uh, funding based, which I have nothing against that. I, but the dirt world is very uh, local oriented and, and there's a lot of people that reach out that uh, want certain people in their vehicles to race. So my goal would, I would love to be able to you know, race some more stuff this year, whether it's modifieds or any, anything, that's an opportunity because um, it's just, it's all about racing for me. It doesn't really matter at, at this point in my life that the, the, the certain series or the level or whatever, it, uh, it gives me the same satisfaction. So um We'll see how it goes, but the first goal is to, to win uh, races and then hopefully for the championship. I told Lou, you know, the only the only stipulation is they give a, a championship belt, you know, like a WWE belt or a UFC title belt. That, that's all I care about. I don't even care about the trophies. <laughs> we did start giving out belts last year, but he wants the big one. So we're going to have to get if, – yeah. if he ends up nailing this thing, we'll have, end up getting him a big belt. And I just want to put that out there for whoever the champion is of the Dirt Truck Series, the Carl Chevrolet Dirt Truck Series. We're getting a big old belt this year. So Mason Mitchell officially out of retirement as far as the racing career goes. Oh, for sure. I mean, full time wise. Uh, yeah. You know, we've, we've, I've done a few races here and there over the last couple of years, but you know, it, it, it was just, it was just here and there. And, um, you know, I, I've done, a, I've been fortunate to do a lot of other cool things like MMA stuff and, and pursuing a lot of other passions and, uh, just do certain things with careers and stuff over the last few years. But, you know, being able to be back full-time racing has given me the answer that I was kind of looking for. And essentially everything else that I did besides racing was essentially just filling a void that I was missing from racing. So I'm really glad that I'm able to race full-time again because it's what I truly love to do. And um, I was talking to somebody today. I said, I can't wait for Friday night because that's my Zen. That's my world. It's like, <laughs> I'm just you know at peace really. Awesome. Lou, is there anything that you didn't touch on uh, about your series that you want to throw out there? Uh, no, no, shameless plugs. Uh, we, we obviously, uh, we, we so appreciate Carl Chevrolet and everything that the Carl Auto Group has done for motorsports, not just this year and not just last year. What we're talking about over the history of motorsports in central Iowa would not be where it is today if it wasn't for Carl Moyer and Carl Chevrolet. So it's, uh, you know, without question, I want to thank Carl Chevrolet for putting on the Dirt Truck Series for 20 years. We've been doing that, folks. Carl Customs, get all your stuff at Carl Customs. Mention Quickstar, uh, stop at Quickstar, milk $2.99 a gallon, by the way, till May 15th, if I'm not mistaken. So get that. Collision Solutions, I want to thank Sean and uh, the gang over there. Iowa Diamond supplies these cool trophies that we hand out at the end of the year and Windsor Clock and Watch. All these people are getting together to make the Kyle Chevrolet Dirt Truck Series what it is in its 20th year of competition this year. And it looks like this could be the biggest and best year ever. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton, guys, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I think this is going to be at the end of the podcast. So everyone else, enjoy your weekend. <laughs> yeah, and I know what he gets to do right now. He gets to go fire up the 10G truck for the first time and see how it sounds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. There we go. <laughs> Before we go, I, I do want to like just say thankful. Uh, I'm very thankful for, for Lou and the whole series. There's a lot of partners that are involved. 
uh, personally, uh, I'm thankful for, you know, my family and friends and loved ones that, uh, supported me, you know, doing this whole thing. Um, proceed Richie brothers, junk removal, uh, quick star, everybody that helps lose program, um, you know, just make this whole thing work and it, it means a lot. So we appreciate you Connor for reaching out and let us do this. And, uh, hopefully, uh, I can add value to lose uh, race team and the whole series in general. And we can just keep growing this thing uh, to uh, new elements. Yeah. Media com extreme driver right here. Just so you know, anytime. And Mason, we always ask every driver that's on the podcast. We'll save it for a different one. We'll tease it. But since you're a fighter, we, we always ask every driver who'd they fight. If they got into a fight, who would they want to fight the most? Cause some guys will pick someone smaller than them. Some guys will legitimately pick someone they hate. Um, and the answer is just always like, it's, out of left field every time. So we'll ask you that next time you're on. All right.